Hola, and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We talk everything animation here, including OKKO Let's Be Heroes, which we'll be getting into right now. I'm your host, Alex Bonilla, and today I'm joined by Michelle Andrew. Hello. And Steve Zeck. Hello. Uh, you can find more about this podcast, about our previous OKKO discussions at OverlyAnimated.com. And uh, wherever you listen to us, whether that be on iTunes or on your preferred podcatcher, we always appreciate any reviews or, and ratings you, you would uh, like to leave us to help our podcast become more visible to others seeking out this kind of content. <laughs> but yeah, we'll be get, getting into the most recently released episodes of OKKO and doing our uh, every so often check, uh, not, not really on a regular basis, but just whenever there's a batch to cover. <laughs> yeah. And, um, in in this case, we we are going to cover today uh, RMS and Brandon's first episode. Let's not be skeletons. Action news. Perfect meal. And hope this flies. Uh, it should be noted that uh, at least from what I'm seeing, we are still missing the season one finale, and that at least two episodes are part of season two. Ooh. Oh, so, what's the season one finale? Do we even know what the name is? Well, I don't think we know yet. Well, wow. Now. We've been spoiled though that no one dies in the season one finale, so I guess well, oh, <laughs> unless wow, it was a character that wasn't introduced just for that episode and then they died. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'd never know. Yeah, but no one important. <laughs> yeah, so we're 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 still gonna be on the lookout for that since, uh, as introduced by at least one of these episodes, something's bound to happen. But uh, yeah. we'll stay tuned for that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, in these five episodes, I guess we should probably treat the yeah. elephant in the room here mm, first. Well, well first um, of all, how do you feel about the Enid Red Action ship? I feel like that's <laughs> a very, a, a I knew Steve was going to get excited about that. Uh, that's, oh yeah, <laughs> fun too. I, I love the the joke about Red though was she stayed in her ship the entire episode, and they mentioned at the end, "Are you ever going to come out?" Could be some. Uh, metaphor there. I don't know. Oh, I think she's already out. I think she's <laughs> out and proud, man. Though, though, Red did make an appearance in Let's Not Be Skeletons. I th- I mentioned it to you, Alice, on a Discord. Right, right. Yes. Yeah, she... uh, also, at the at the very beginning of Hope This Flies, uh, Enid has uh, a colored sticker similar to the by bi- flag. I think. But, but anyway, I, I can't. Yeah, on her helmet, the little yeah. the yeah, I remember. Yeah, anyway, yeah, it was a very strong ship episode. <laughs> yeah, anyway, I'm so excited to talk about KKO. I've been itching at the trigger to talk about this. Boo. Okay, anyway, now that we've got that pun out of the way, um, I guess we'll talk about the actual big topic issue here. Um, let's not be skeletons. It, well, in the past with OKKO, we, we've had social issues episodes already in, mm-hmm. in this show. Uh, we've had... Uh, um, the No More Pow cards, which is dealing a little bit with discrimination. We had uh, the uh, the Rad episode where he's taken to Hollywood and he's treated as a stereotype. So also mm-hmm. making some comments on that front. And so today we are dealing with a gun control episode, which it, at the time when this was released, it was pretty timely as we had just gone through mm-hmm. a spate of school shootings very recently. Mm-hmm. And so... This episode, what are your guys' impressions of how it handled the issue it was tackling? Um, Michelle, let's let you go first. 
Um, I think um, while it's not new for OKO as a show to tackle, you know, important topics, I think um, Let's Not Be Skeletons is definitely the most kind of... I don't really want to say on the nose, but you know what I mean? It's 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 very, very clear what it's trying to do. And it lasts for the whole episode. Um, and I think it 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 did a really good job, in my opinion. Like, there, there are a lot of things I made note of going through. Just like, oh, wow, I can't believe they, like, talked about this. Um, and K.O.'s song at the end is just, like, so good. Um, and really speaks to current culture. So I'm kind of amazed, like, the timing was unfortunately pretty perfect um but it's also just like it's something that i don't know i could i could imagine like getting some people giving it pushback saying like oh like why are you talking about this in a kid's show it's like well why it's this is reality this is exactly the place to talk about it yeah Um, definitely not not a valid reason yeah because it is an issue that especially considering school shootings yeah it affects children children, a lot so Yeah, so definitely agree on that front. Um, And I agree with the description of on the nose. Um, Yeah, like, it kind of is, but, like, in a really good way. Like, I'm I'm glad it's being so clear. Um, I think this is one of the most clear social commentary kind of episodes, but I really like that it is, and it kind of owns that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Steve, your your take on this? I agree. It definitely was on the nose, and I do think it was trying to be subvertive, it really went out the window when that guy said you would take this remote out of my cold skeleton hands when it was that's pretty blatant. I thought though the beginning, the song the beginning reminded me of the monorail song from The Simpsons, if you remember that. No. Old Simpsons <laughs> episode, like long ago. How, long ago. Yeah. <laughs> but I do have to ha- have a little hot take here. I gotta wonder though, does KO have like a psychic powers future vision because he it seemed the ending episode implied that what happened in his dream was about to happen before ko intervened and got the congresswoman to change her mind that's true i'm glad that thought came out of this yeah <laughs> yeah i wasn't expecting the hot take yeah michelle uh, michelle you kind of said pretty much everything i want to say mostly I guess only maybe one little nitpick. Perhaps maybe it could have been a little more two-sided. Like, it's all about one side of the argument. You could have maybe made, you know, someone like Mr. Gar a little more sympathetic in this episode. And especially, I saw him when he was firing all those things at Boxman. I'm like, damn. He's a little, like, shooting range in his office. Yeah, I... But Boxman's always been presenting me as he's just more of a nuisance. But I didn't know Mr. Gore hated him so much. I mean, damn. Well, also we have to take into account this. Uh, in the end, it was all a dream. So yeah. like, uh, who knows yeah. how seriously we yeah. take oh, any of this? I, in terms I also of the love characters. those. I love the eating in red scene when they when they decided to take off early after they turned to skeleton. Oh, the, it was the like a walk. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was really good. It's like a Looney Tunes thing. Yeah, okay, KO is always under visual gag game, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when I first watched this episode, at, at by the end, I was just confused. Like, oh, okay. oh, oh no, this we, we went this far. Which is impressive. Like, we, it, it is impressive, for sure, that like they managed to be this blunt with, with the point that they're making. But I, I agree with Steve that the problem is when you go this one-dimensional... 
you open up uh, the the criticism of well you're being a bit one-dimensional about this or you're not really presenting the the nuance that one would hope for a discussion as serious as yeah. gun control especially but, with the guy in the red have... shirt you really made him like him him make look look bad and maybe he might be like a stereotype of what gun people are yeah, you, you you go very heavy on the whole trigger finger um, yeah. aspect of that, and you you try to combat it with lines like from Mister Gar because he he's presented as sort of the responsible gun owner in the situation, like he's the one who's doing the training in his back room, and at the uh, in, during the whole musical sequence at the end, he says uh, something like, uh, I, "I won't take responsibility for those behaving like fools." So like he's kind of presenting himself like, "Why should I be punished for what other people are doing?" Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like it, it does attempt to to do that, but at the same time, like Ko is presenting this as such a like a get rid of all guns situation that it, it makes it a bit hard for a, for a viewer, in my opinion, to really take this episode as seriously as you yeah. would hope mm-hmm. the mes- the message you're presenting should be taken. Yeah. I, I don't. Uh, I want to push back against that. Okay. A little bit. Okay. I think mm-hmm. Ko's song does a good job of kind of addressing all that because like he mr gar is not the only person giving him pushback like pretty much everyone in the crowd saying like no way like these are the reasons i don't want to do this and then ko halfway through amends his songs like okay well let's forget about the banning all guns but what about rules and regulations for where and how they should be used and he outlines like the schools and the malls and the movie theaters as places where like they could potentially be banned um so I think he was advocating more for, like, control of the remote situation than an outright ban, even though that might have been initially what his plan was. Like, I like that, like, his his call to action shifted based on the response he got from the crowd. So I do feel like they were trying to to give both sides. Clearly, like, it's stacked in one direction. Um, but I feel like they did give space for the opposing viewpoint to have their say as well. And that's a fair rebuttal. I, I think that um, I guess my when I was watching it, like it felt a bit late in the episode to the point mm-hmm. where it, the in, initial stance that Ko was taking is the one that was left in my head after after the episode, since yeah. the change in the message happened to, like uh, in the yeah. just, like third act of the episode. Yeah, and I think that's fair too. They're they're mm-hmm. trying to do a lot in eleven <laughs> minutes, and I think probably it came down to an issue of well where do we feel that we are on this issue and let's make that above all clear um mm-hmm. and yeah. then trying to juggle all the other sides kind of came later in the game and as a result it feels little kind of uneven but yeah. i honestly don't mind it maybe I, as much yeah i think the problem is perhaps my lasting image like remember the memorable party episode it has to be the line about you can take this break done for my cold skeleton hands that's just a, such a standout moment that you just forget about everything else yeah and see that just felt over the top to me yeah like, yeah <laughs> I, I don't know but, um but also i do think that there are interesting things that they add here especially in like background moments like uh, when he's introducing the product to the science is no background yeah! check required yeah. i know i was like <laughs> oh man this is so real yeah, so yeah, you're tackling it from that angle, and then at the very end, like when when it's revealed that this is all a dream, and Chaos explaining to Carol, 
And Carol's just like, contact your local congressman. And, w- and she winks at the camera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, I was trying to figure out the moral. I was like, I guess the moral is to contact your local congressman to try or to, it, like, make yeah. change in a way you feel like you can actually account for. Uh, at least the congressmen who are in the pockets of the gun lobbyists, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, if we add that real life thing, it doesn't work as well, does it? But <laughs> but in in an ideal sense, that would be the good thing to do. And I, I do think on a grander scale, it works as uh, getting involved in civics, because also this is KO t- taking initiative to try to uh, begin a dialogue. And that's obviously something that uh, people should, should be doing in serious situations like this. And we're seeing it happen in the wake of uh, the school shootings the, the children that are affected yeah. are coming out for it. So it, it's definitely a, a great message in that regards. And, but, it's, and it was a topical episode. It show, kids shows can do that. And most kids shows, I don't remember any kids shows doing t- t- tackling guns as an issue unless it's a serialized show. Like, uh, I guess, Young Justice or Gargoyles. I'm not saying those shows have done it, but, you know. You know, serious action shows, not a show like OKKO, OK which for the most part is a comedy show. Mm-hmm. And it definitely tries to use comedy to kind of couch this a little bit. Like, for example, the fact yeah. that this, this is this our first musical episode <laughs> or have we had no. musicals? Before? No, well, we had that. In the Rad Loves Robots, he changed that one song for a hot second. But other than that... Oh, wait, no, Boxman sings the song, too, at one point. Yes, songs he's had. Yeah, we've had songs. But, yeah, we have um, the... What's the name of the businessman? Uh, Gil Ferris. uh, He has an opening presentation song. To the point where he pulls out a church choir. (laughs) Yeah. That was so much. Oh, and I love his assistant to the guitar player slash keyboard player. Musician, musical guy. Yeah. Yeah, How he just changes instruments just like that. (laughs) Yeah, a a true silent virtuoso. uh, (laughs) Yeah, and we saw like Cameo, like we did see Red was in this episode. She drew in some other dude, got got, killed, turned to skeletons by three Daryls. So. Oh, Good to see you're paying attention yeah, to the important characters. Your red dart is very <laughs> astute, Steve. I did not catch that at all. Uh, other other important and also Dendi. by this was Dendi. Yes, you read my mind. Dendi, but Dendi got turned into a skeleton, which was sad. That's a tragedy. If if you aren't on the uh, against guns before you are now, because they touched yeah. Dendi. Mm. Exactly. If they touch Dendi now, you should super be against it. No, I, I think the worst shooting was Carol because Carol is like we're inside the house and you're and then like she gets shots from she the gets shot from outside through the window, yeah. right? So you're commenting a little bit on stray bullets there, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, like that that one hurt the most to watch. I think um, there were two things that really got me. One was when um. Because at first the the dude comes in and is like oh this is he he like markets it as a safety precaution for civilians against villains and then Ko catches him like thirty seconds later selling them to villains also he's like why not make as much money as possible right and then Ko calls him out on it and he's like oh no no just like upgrade to like a three prong skeleton remote is exclusive to heroes and everyone's like oh yeah this solves the problem I just like. Again, it's on the nose, but I feel like it's so it's so good and so relevant. 
Yeah, if there's one thing here, it's that the message the episode is trying to give off, it's unignorable. No, no matter how you watch this, you're going to know what, what it's, uh, what it's uh, sending here. So in that sense, it pulls it off exactly how they intended, I'm sure. Um, anything else here? Um, because this episode was kind of jam-packed with like jokes yeah. and <laughs> um, themes. Uh, there's also this final like shootout sequence that I do yeah. think is worth mentioning because yeah, yeah. I want to talk about that too. Just like yeah, when Mister Gar is just like, well, let's not do anything we'll regret, son. And Chaos like, don't you think it's a little late for that? And it's like, oh snap! Yeah, it, it, it was very nose. good at like building up a tense atmosphere. Yeah, it felt legitimately tense, like the way it was framed and how nervous they both looked. It was it was good. Yeah. Now, my question is, uh, making it all entirely a dream at the end, which, uh, like in many shows, is considered a kind of a lazy tactic. Um, does that affect uh, this episode's meaning at all, or does it not matter in the end? No, it doesn't matter because Ko has future vision. So. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's not why I think it doesn't matter. Um, because if I mean, I I think. For it to have the same amount of weight, if they had found a way to turn everyone back to normal, then the yeah. the remotes wouldn't seem like a legitimate threat anymore. Yeah. So the best way to, to make it feel like a threat without like canonically making everyone like a skeleton in the show was to make it a dream. Yeah. So I don't think it's really a cop out. I think it's like the best thing they could have done to just still hammer home that this is a serious thing that well, you can't take back. Without well, I, you know, changing the show forever. I do compliment, yeah, but this this show did a show about guns. I mean, kids shows can do that. So I'm waiting for the Muppet Babies episode about guns. So Stop Muppet Babies still happening? I thought that show ended like 20 years ago. Everything is rebootable, Michelle. Yeah. Uh, oh man, that's true. Oh boy. Um, I'm waiting for Kermit to bust a cap. So. Okay. Anyways. Um, <laughs> oh man. Uh, now, besides the, the the gun control episode, we did actually have one episode that's kind of plot relevant, which is Action News. Um, yes. I, I particularly enjoyed this one because I, I love Dynamite Watkins. She's, oh, she's become too. a fave of mine. This has become my favorite episode of the bunch just because it was so fun. And I also love Dynamite Watkins. I didn't think about her a lot before this episode, but this episode was so good. I loved, I loved it too. Diamond Watkins is awesome. I mean, I don't she's great. She's really funny and great to look at. But it seems she really cares about the importance of stuff going on in the world. At first, I thought she's more of a joke, one-off joke character, but she really has a lot of depth, more so than we led to believe. Right, and I, I think she does a good job of balancing humor and uh, some kind of emotional weight, especially with her uh, relationship with Cam. That's Cam is cute. so sweet! <laughs> I love Cam! And he came with her after she got sort of fired for a minute. It was yeah. great! Uh, sh sh should we ship them? No! <laughs> I think he, like, he, like, looks up to her and just, like, wants to be a supportive friend. And I like that she, like, she highlights him in the news at the very end. She's like, oh, yeah, big shout out to Cam! And, like, turns it around to show him in the frame. It was just really sweet. Yeah, I, I definitely like their, their chemistry for sure. Yeah. 
Um, by the I guess we can just skip the the finale. We'll get to the middle stuff later. But the finale and well, this whole episode ends up being investigating what Boxman's whole deal is, like why he keeps attacking the plaza, why he has this giant factory, and so the final shot we get, which I think is the only is like the main meaningful part of this, is that Boxman is petting in a, a like a little robot kind of thing. Maybe. Yeah. And the truck carried a, a, a load of uh, oil and baby bottles, <laughs> so one can only, ass- at least at my assumption is that's for the baby robot. I'm not sure why you need that much of it, but... <laughs> gonna grow into a super huge baby robot. Yeah, this is, goes back to a question we've asked in previous episodes. Oh, yeah! Do robots well, grow? <laughs> yeah. Do they age over time? It seemed like all the other ones, except for, um... Uh, was it Jethro? I don't remember. No, but I yeah, we did see was them. a baby too. Yeah, I don't remember which one was. There was like one robot that wasn't a baby in the Latin Logic flashback. But oh, yeah. uh, Steve, what are your theories for how this connects with the finale? <laughs> oh well, I don't know. Boxman, like, like I said, I thought he was just more of a comedic villain, but I have a feeling though maybe him and Villainous might have like plotted something off screen in between episodes so mm-hmm. could be part of it so yeah that's what i'm thinking like boxman and his new like in his boyfriend pretty much yeah i think this is a lot of um professor villainous's handiwork or yeah. venomous venomous yeah i get yeah. confused too venomous I know. <laughs> or slash he is a, figure he is a villain or slash shattery figure or yeah so can know. we call can we call this uh, little robot their baby? <gasps> oh, I hope so. Well, the robot and Finks, they have a new little... They have, like, essentially <laughs> a Brady Bunch situation going on then, because that is just so many kids. And by the way, and, I'm, and one character we did not see in this bunch was Fink. I I love Fink. I miss her, too. She's like the evil Dendi, pretty much. And I'm waiting for those two to appear in the episode together. Right. Well, we, well, I feel like the odds on Professor Venomous appearing in the finale are pretty high, especially considering that before this, the uh, the most recent Botsman important episode had them at the end forming that alliance. Yeah. So, you, know, you would think that Venomous is going to come back, and is probably related somehow to this plan we see here I'm, in Action I'm News. I'm sure. Because Boxman yeah. can't get his stuff together to, to plan this on his own. He's too distracted easily. But Venomous could pull it off for sure with all of, you know, Boxman's technology. So they really are like the superpower couple. <laughs> I'm so excited for them to rule the world. <laughs> yeah. Superpower couple. I, I like yeah. that. Once I just um, between this and start, I'm like waiting for the villains to win and rule the world. Yeah, I really yeah. like the villains a lot. I, I like the heroes, but I really like the villains. Um, I guess uh, should we say that like uh, Enid and Rad, besides like one episode, they they've been kind of lacking in this uh, bat- like in recent episodes. I feel like yeah. we've seen a lot less of them than I yeah. prefer. I feel well, like that's a it's kind of because we've seen a lot less of Ko too. Though it's the show seems to be at a stride where it's just like giving room to all these side characters and and showing us a glimpse into yeah. their life. So yeah. I I don't really mind that because I like having the the this universe feel bigger knowing more about the people in it outside yeah. of our main three yeah this is more adventure time than steven universe mm-hmm. true, true like and um but still the, the one right episode we got was great um yeah still still no, the no the lack of eden means 
very little chance of seeing Elodie, so. <laughs> well, You're uh, just collecting I, all these cool ladies you just want to see. Oh, and I got a theory, man. I think in finale, Ellie's going to be in the finale, and she is going to be revealed to be a member of Point. Elodie? Okay. Yeah, in fact, for all we know, she could have been the person Carol was talking to in that previous episode. Oh, that's a plot thread we should get back to hopefully okay. in the- yeah we're, we're diverging all there's a lot there's a lot of directions we could go in i i just uh elegy man <laughs> <laughs> never has a one episode character appeared on so many subsequent podcasts well, she's actually in two episodes she was in the flesh but the uh the second first date she was there she had a line in that episode. a whole line yeah wow. and uh and she's been mentioned so many she's been mentioned several times um, Eden's parents mentioned her, so, and yeah. I guess it's proof though she knows about Eden's like family, her secrets, pretty much, and she never really revealed it. So, okay, th- this is way too much. Anyways, <laughs> uh, well, back to Dynamite because she's yeah. she's the real pow- powerful woman here, <laughs> the one yes. that I actually want to talk about. And uh, yeah, she she has a, a, the power of shooting a truth bolt at people. I, I think that's new, and so we get a couple of good jokes out of that. Like for example, shooting at a Daryl, and he reveals both that he wears cowboy boots to bed, and that Shannon has human <laughs> feet. Why the heck does Shannon have human feet? Where did those feet come from? What human? And also, if she if she continuously gets destroyed, does that mean that Botsman yeah. has to keep finding human feet? Yeah, new ones each time? It's just a lot of questions for a throwaway gag. It has a lot of implications. <laughs> or what if Shannon is, is, isn't actually a robot? But, what about, like, <laughs> when she fell in love, that was because lightning struck her mechanical heart. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I love how that's such a deep deep secret for her like i know yeah so random but she definitely yeah. that's so boxman like so makes sense and, the, and like the the actual episode story is that big cheese who is the head of this uh, tv network is trying to stop dynamite from reporting on botsman and ends up firing dynamite that uh, was funny because yeah. she had to like turn in her badge and her mic and then he's like the mic in your ankle holster too please you know who the big cheese reminds me of. He reminds me of uh, Lou Grant from the Mary Tyler Moore show. I think they were trying to reminisce this character after that. You know, cl- classic head honcho of a TV network. I feel like yeah. that's a cliche uh, that it, exists. Yeah, but um, yeah, I, I also enjoyed that um, when she gets canceled, the uh, KO and Carol are watching. It's like, what? We're, no more journalism. <laughs> <laughs> we have to what, do something dumb, like go play outside. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I thought you were going to use more so we got to get our news from the internet or something like Yeah, I mean, is this the only channel that provides hard-hitting investigative journalism in this universe? Well, probably the same as our universe. We have very few channels that do that, too. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, so Dynamite and Cam go off on this uh, secret mission to go get answers. Uh, it turns out that Dynamite gets her power from being watched, so because she's alone, she doesn't have enough power to get info out of Daryl and Shannon. <laughs> but uh, then somehow just the entire plaza notices that she's there. And Why? Is that, to- <laughs> that made no sense. Yeah, the whole town just comes over when she's chewing out cheese balls. I also just love when she finds the receipt, she's just like, Lord Boxman has 
bought my boss. What a scoop! And she's like so excited about it. It's like she doesn't care. She just like she has this dogged integrity to tell the best story possible. And that's just I think that's so amazing. I love it. Yeah, she, uh, Dynamite Watkins is the journalist we all deserve. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the lesson to come out of this. Um, yeah, and the, and anything else that stands out uh, from this episode? Mm, not really. Um, I think you covered all the good points. Oh, okay. oh, we're forgetting the most iconic reference in the history of any show ever. When they when they referenced Pierre Escargot from all that. That was oh. awesome. Oh, my God. That really? show was like my entire childhood. Oh, we so could talk glad. about that. I was I, so I, glad Crinkly Wrinkly was I, the fear of this universe. I wasn't sure they going for that. I thought that was a common French word. Since no, I don't know really there's French. one person who wears a raincoat and oh, oh yeah, bathtub with the Eiffel Tower in the background while they... Yeah, <laughs> I think the Eiffel Tower is the giveaway. That's a very underrated treasure show. Yeah, for real. <laughs> I keep hoping they're going to release it on like a DVD because I'd buy the crap out of that show. Well, yeah. It's not so you still watch iTunes except for the first season for some reason, but yeah, <laughs> we're getting off way off base here. But personally, I no, it, I it was referenced. To, personally, <laughs> I, I prefer the Key and Kill show slightly better than all that, but that's just my opinion too. But like, I don't know. The I mean, the Amanda show was also pretty awesome. There were a lot of really good ones yeah. in the mid nineties. Yeah, the original that, not the one in two thousand two through the mid two thousands. That one. Uh, other rep- things that are referenced um, in Hope This Flies, I think they use some Jetson sound effects in Rad's house, like when he like, go, goes up and down the elevator. sound effects for a while, forever they've used that. That's not new. Yeah. Yeah, and I at, at the end of the Cartoon Network logo, they use some old Cart- Hannibal Bear references. So, Yeah. But um, moving over to Hope This Flies, um, this yeah. is our bendy episode of The Batch Guy. <laughs> Yay! We need to get that sound effect in support into the podcast. But yay! Yeah. Like the cheering of children whenever she comes on screen. Uh, Did I, I mention we- that? By the way, I forgot to mention the um, OK Dendi episode. Didn't they sort of mention that? Like let that green kid mention like everyone was applauding? Uh, maybe. I don't. Maybe. I, I, al- I already don't remember that <laughs> Watched that episode so many times, but anyway, uh-huh. you're, you're, you're the true Dendi yeah, fan. Yeah, you're here, a true fan and red fan and the LG fan. Yeah. I love all the girls on the show. So well, I still love uh, <laughs> Watkins a lot. Yeah, she's pretty awesome. And uh, here in this episode, both Dendi and Enid shine. I would like to point yeah. out Enid just saying balls twice is pretty. Like <laughs> it, it's the lowest common denominator, but, but I found it funny. Okay. It's like when people make jokes about butts. Like, it's still going to be funny no matter how old you are. And I think because it's delivered in Enid's deadpan, it, it works even better. <laughs> and I love True. My favorite part, though, when Rad said to Dendi, quit just staring at me adorably. They acknowledge that Dendi's adorable. Like, it's canon now. Oh, yeah. We all knew. But it's <laughs> nice to have somebody in the show, you know, point out the obvious. So is Dendi into Rad? I- Okay, I was I oh. want to talk about that because I think this is pretty clear from this episode. She is she just pops out of nowhere. There was that I mean, didn't she like NKO for the KO's video channel episode? Didn't they like creep on him getting ready in the morning? Yes. Like yeah. Uh, yeah, I think she legit has a thing for Rad. 
And at the end, he, she goes as far as like it put her stamp on his shirt. Yeah, this crap to claim him. Like I like freaked out because it was amazing. <laughs> this is yeah. This is real. This is not subtext. This is like legitimate text now. Yeah, and and I think it's cute. <laughs> it's because we know it's not going to go anywhere, and like Rad doesn't even know this thing. But it's like, aw, Dendi like has someone she admires. <laughs> In her own way. Yeah. I like it. Um, otherwise, I think this episode is just okay. Like, the most of it is revolving around Rad being stubborn, not allowing Dendi to fix the van, and the Dendi fixes it anyway, and they have a race with Red Action, and yeah, Rad, rad hijinks. Uh, rad I think hi- that's the summary of this episode. There were a couple things yeah. well, um, noticed. Well, I just love how we... S- I love that Rad's dad, though, also has some funny, couple funny moments, too. Rad is such a teenager when his dad's around. It's like, oh, you want to use a glorb? Oh, go away, dad. I know what I'm doing. It's so just like, I, I see Rad be a teenager. And I do think the whole Rad saying how he didn't, he had to make the van himself and stuff being stubborn. I think that's sort of a kind of making a point of stereotype of men, how sometimes like male, like machonism or, or masculinity, I think they're sort of making fun of it. That's totally possible because part of the I feel like part of the message of the episode was that he he was so hell bent on being the one to make it himself, but having other people help him out actually made it better. And mm. him being willing to share credit for the van with Dendi seemed like a pretty big deal. He even like put her name on the van, which is like pretty awesome for someone like Rad who likes to yeah. just do his thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um and I guess Red didn't play much of a role here, though. I, I did though like though that she was someone who definitely at the end she did she was con- concerned for Rad for Rad and Dendi's safety as anybody else. So <laughs> even though she barely knows them, so yeah. Um, also, at the end when they do the crash, it's Dendi who's carrying Rad out of the yeah. explosion. <laughs> like, she's super strong. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, that's why I still want to see one of these days, Dendi and Fink episode. Just them just interact, maybe even have a little battle and maybe become friends. I don't know, because we've seen how crazy strong Fink is, too. So we need those two to interact one of these days. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and uh, we we talked about the Enid Red Action parts in the beginning of the podcast. But I'm glad they, like, went on a date slash went to hang out. I'm glad they're still like hanging but, out with each other off screen. They spent completely. the nights together, didn't they? Because I like don't, then <laughs> I don't know, maybe. Maybe because D- Dendi and KO fits the van overnight and they don't show up again until the van is fixed. So they could have both like hung out and then gone to each other's houses and then yeah. we come back together. But like yeah. also they Red doesn't been... have a house. I think that place is her house. She stays in the tank. <laughs> yeah. Maybe She's we'll a... She's never coming out, she says. Right. So, you know. Well, maybe after that whole incident with the getting turned to a skeleton, even though it was a dream, maybe she learned her lesson. <laughs> uh, speaking of skeletons, uh, we do oh, have the oh. RMS and Brandon's first episode to talk about. Uh, uh, yes, we do. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a, like a star episode that stars Alfonso and Ferguson. <laughs> Well, I think these characters are better than that. I actually really like Skeleton in this episode. Yeah, I like Skeleton too. Very relatable, especially yeah. coming from retail backgrounds. I did think he had a funny, I love his funny line in the Let's Not Be Skeleton. He's like, so what? Turn to a skeleton. Big deal. It didn't change my life. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> 
But uh, yeah, I mean, he he has a, a dream of becoming a barista. That, that, that's every five more cents an hour. It's such a great promotion. Uh, I, I would just like to say, why is Brandon so terrible? Okay, I have a hot take about Brandon. Sure. Brandon is like the Patrick Starfish of their dynamic because he's like kind of lazy. I guess I wouldn't say Brandon's like dumb, but he doesn't have like the same ambitions as a real magic skeleton. But like Brandon's like good Patrick from the first three seasons who like at the end of the day when the chips are down, like he will support his friend even if like he's afraid that it will like mean they don't hang out as much. Like I'm glad Brandon came through at the end to carry him across the the battlefield parking lot and get him to the coffee shop or whatever. I got I got wondered though, does is this episode take concluding with a previous episode? Does the battle reference to a battle in an actual episode or I think so. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll, I mean it, it was notable that like all the botsman yeah, robots were there. Even the business robot. What is his name? Uh, Ernesto. Ernesto, yeah. Even Ernesto was there. Yeah, so I don't I think we would remember that if all like there was a fight where all of them showed up at once. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I I think the Patrick comp is good, especially considering that I think that has been their dynamic in previous episodes too. Like the one yeah. that comes to mind is when they had the plaza dance or whatever, and they're fighting oh, with each other with the corsages. The yeah, then they give yeah. each other corsages and dance yeah. with each other. So I I like their friendship. It is still clearly fraught with some you know strife, but you know as a real friendship is, especially when you hang out with like one person a lot during the day. And you work in the same place as them. I want to comment on how their boss is literally a painting. <laughs> I mean, that's like perfect for owning a framing store. But like, what kind of a boss is that? Uh, also, it's yeah. quite notable that the boss is like, hey, go follow your dreams. Don't be trapped like me. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Find your own ambition. Just mm-hmm. like, you get trapped in. I forget the line exactly, but it was really good. Just all them hanging out. It reminds me sort of a lot of like 90s sitcoms about teenagers just... Chilling out, or, I or remember the show sixteen? Remember a show called Sixteen? A show that yes, I remember. Yeah, I remember that a bit too. I I liked it. It felt like a very real thing. Like when you're bored and a teenager, like oh, it's like somebody's gotten the new like most sour candy. Let's take a break and eat it together. Uh, okay, like, so it, is this actually eating yeah, something, or is this getting high in the back of the work? Oh man. Okay, that didn't occur to me. Do you think that's what they meant? I, I like literally took it as face value because like sour stuff, no joke. Like I, I mean, they even too. did the whole like my eyes getting bigger. <laughs> well, well, it's really expressive and cartoony. You and really think pa- it was? Pa- like- they're passing the bowl around. My God. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I, I, oh, I don't maybe, know. <laughs> maybe it is. This has uh, really also- changed my perspective. But also, like, Droop in this episode, uh, it, that was a, an addition I wasn't expecting, and uh, yeah. that was an interesting twist. I think it's, like, for some reason, like, too cool for them, but, like, they are friends, it yeah. seems like. Yeah, it was a surprise. Yeah, Droop is more of a cool character than I thought. Initially, when her, her introductions, I thought she was more the stereotypical, like, snobby, cool kid. But hey, the stereotypical snobby cool kid got a job at Starbucks. So. Yeah. She looks so cute as a barista with her apron <laughs> and her visor. Oh my god. She fit the part. I'm glad she got that job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Um, uh, I, I do actually want to highlight that there's like one line that stood out to me, like uh, when they're uh, doing their final fight and uh, the skeleton wants to go to the barista. Um, Brandon says something like, if you go, we're not friends anymore. And then Skeleton, like, as the explosion's going on in the background, if you don't let me, perhaps we never were. And that's the thing. Like, that's Brandon, like, because Patrick Starfish, again, like, sometimes he can be a bit of a butt. But, like, at the end of the day, he'll come around hey. and do what's right. Um, and I think Brandon also has that quality. Like, it took him a, a minute to, like, think about it and be like, oh, I should, I should stop being dumb. But then he did, and he scooped his poor skeleton friend up after getting, like, destroyed by Daryl for no reason. Just, Yay, like, bones! Yeah, like, what was up with that? It was so random. Uh, so, yeah, we, we have... Oh, and also, I think one guy we haven't mentioned here, Mad Sam, um, he wants his hat framed. Uh, he's... Okay. He is indeed mad. But at the, at the end, he, he finds them with the broken hat, and he's just like, don't scream, just hug. Oh, yeah. Together. Nice. Maybe he uh, knew. Maybe he, like, creeped on them and knew they were having this issue. He was like, oh, I'm going to give them something to really, like, figure their lives out around. Here's this hat. Solve well, this problem. But really, you know, solve yourselves. Well, this episode did change my opinions of these two characters. When I heard the uh, episode title was going to be about them, I was cringing, but I really liked them after this episode. They are way better than Ferguson and Alonzo, I say that. <laughs> yeah, I know I know. last episode you called this the Ronaldo episode. Yeah. I, I expect you to take your words back, please. Yeah, please yeah. take your words back. Don't you yeah, dare put this in here, Ronaldo. Well... Well, Ronaldo episodes are sometimes I find them funny, even though I don't like him. He not mean he's likable, but he's a funny character to hate. I love to hate Ronaldo, so he's entertaining at least. I hate to hate him because I don't want him to be there, but you know, to each their own. I think the one thing we didn't point out so far was my favorite part of the episode when like a real magic skeleton's having his fantasy of what he'll do with twenty five extra cents oh, an hour. Yeah. Well, I take like I don't know, was it like two thousand years to become a millionaire, and then he's like, then I can do what I've always wanted. And he like goes and gets some meat, and then he puts money in the tip jar. Oh, he just wants to reward other people in the retail industry. For that, and that's like the purest, most millennial thing I can think of. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> is is it a millennial concept to give tips? <laughs> mm, I. Uh, it totally won me over to the episode. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Uh, also, I, there was a, I guess there's a theme song for the frame store. Is that frame your pictures or something like that? They're playing it in the ending credits. Oh, so. okay. Yeah, oh. Th that was weird. How, how does the song go again, Alex? Uh, frame your picture or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to go back. I'm yeah. I'm intrigued now. Oh. Uh, yeah, so we have one final episode to cover that we have that we haven't touched upon, the perfect meal. Um, this is a KO learning where dinner comes from, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's such a little boy thing. I I can relate a little kid. You didn't really understand concepts like that. You know, dinner was there or food. You know, extent of the hard work your parents had to do for you. Yeah, I, I do. I do like the little animation of like Carol explaining how she get like gets her ingredients, oh, and then yeah. she's like punching up dinosaurs. She actually makes it sound like pretty boss. Yeah, I, I want to go on a shopping trip with Carol. Make that an episode. Yeah, <laughs> Carol's uh, such a little, such a nice little son. Such a nice boy. So 
Mm-hmm. So, I, I just love KO, man. And yeah, Carol, okay. there's just a perfect duo. Yeah, Carol is nice. And she actually did make several appearances in this batch uh, because yeah, she, she was did. also in uh, Let's Not Be Skeletons. She had the, those scenes. Um, but yeah, here KO meet, teams up with uh, Beardo, who is the guy at the burrito truck. Uh, <laughs> I, I think I he's in like. Yeah, I think he he was in like one or two episodes, like the early like the earliest batch, but I don't think we've seen him in a long time. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, Beardo helps him find the galaxy truffles uh, using uh, Ko's pet dinosaur, who I had also forgotten about. <laughs> you had a dinosaur? Yeah, I mean, I remember seeing the dinosaur just like around, but yeah, it's also been a while. Hmm. Yeah, this is all both both, char- both characters joining Ko are like people who are like who. <laughs> It's like we've probably only seen Logic the Robot maybe twice also. So I guess it's yeah, not like yeah. that unheard of, but yeah, it's been, it's definitely been a while since I won- they've been. Episodes. I wonder I wonder if this is one of the two like one of the season two episodes I've been hearing about. I, I believe it is. It's uh, is it? um the, the perfect meal and hope this flies are supposed to be season two episodes. Okay. Oh, okay. So, so yeah. But uh, yeah, and then the, basically the whole thing is they find the baby truffle, but it leads into the queen truffle. Beardo gives <laughs> a, a whole lesson of, hey, the way you to know. make food is with love. And uh, <laughs> K.O. makes uh, macaroni and uh, olives and stuff. <laughs> I like how he like judges the queen truffle. Like, oh, this like sucks. This could be so much better. Let me show you. No, and also like him just accepting death. It's like, I'm yeah, a good he's life. like, yeah, I lived a good life. This is like an honorable way to die. Go for it. Mm-hmm. Though this episode does seem very similar to the one when Kale got try to find the perfect gift for Carol. I guess was it Valentine's gift? I forgot what it was. Yeah. Oh, it's Mother's Day. Yeah, Mother's Day. Mother's Day. Yeah, it's like it's kind of similar to that though. But this was a season two episode, so I guess it's okay. They didn't know when it was going to air so close together. Oh, yeah, that, that, that was also macaroni art, right? Yeah, there's a theme. I think it's it's nice every time Ko tries to highlight that he appreciates the work his mom does, because domestic labor should be appreciated, and that's part of what I love about his dynamic with his mom, because he just loves his mom so much yeah. and thinks she's so cool. Yeah, and that's and, awesome. Well, that's hopefully that doesn't change when he becomes a teenager. Hopefully. As long as yeah. he's not TKO, he'll be yeah. fine. <laughs> TKO is his teenage form. Yeah. But, but yeah, I, I also appreciate at the beginning where he's like, I don't like olives. But then he thinks to himself, oh no, I've insulted my mother. <laughs> because I, I can relate to that because yeah. like cause stuff that your mom makes, it's like, eh. But then you, then later you have to think like, oh, they, they took time. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that, that's a, a common kid thing to think about. Um, but yeah, so of these five episodes, which ones do you think are the standouts here, um, oh. Michelle? Action News was my favorite. I think it was one of the strongest. I think um, the animation in particular, I felt like it, it really stood out um, and was really dynamic a lot. Um, and that one in particular, uh, Let's Not Be Skeletons is just like, it's really important. And I feel like it should you know, get a certain amount of props for talking about a thing and doing their best um, and and saying things that I feel like need to be said more. Um, so I think those are my top two. 
But um, I really like I really liked the race between Red Action and Rad. And I swear there was like Mario Kart inspired music playing during that. I don't know, but like I don't know. I I, I felt like it was similar. It's possible. The OKKO has always been creative with their musical selections, so I wouldn't yeah. put it out of the question. Um, <laughs> Steve, what would be your rankings here? I'm torn, like, I'm torn here between Let's Not Be Skeletons and Hope That Flies. I hope It Flies. They're like my top two. Um, I, I, do lo- I do love Action News as well. That's a very surprisingly plotty episode, and I love Dominique Watkins. Of course, my least favorite, of course, has to be the uh, Plaza Shorts because they're just really nothing, really. Oh, yeah. I don't think they're nothing, but they are short. But they just can't I'm do not, much. Yeah, I, I'm not saying they're bad. I'm just saying I'm ranking the bottom. But I guess I got to go with uh, Hope It Flies because yeah, it's red, feature, red's back, and it has it features Dendi, too. And so you have two of my favorite characters on it. I mean, it's hard to argue with that. Though let's not be skeletons is is excellent episode two. That's episode I've rewatched a lot a lot as well, and that's how I rank episodes. So how often do I rewatch them? And I remember the last batch, the let's uh, oak the OK Dendy one. I watched the most of the last batch of episodes we did, and these two are sort of tied in terms of how much I've rewatched them. Mm. Okay. Well, okay. What about um, you, Alex. Yeah, I'm going to go. I I think Action News is the solid top episode of this batch. Mm -hmm. From from there, I think it's Let's Not Be Skeletons. Like, uh, I I appreciate its ambition, and I do think it has funny bits. Uh, um, Third, I I honestly want to put the Brandon episode. Yeah, no, (laughs) I forgot to mention that one. But, like, I think that's honestly a very quality episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that one's pretty solid, and like at, at least just for me, like it's re- it's relatable in a lot of mm-hmm. ways. So like uh, I just appreciate that. And uh, then ho- hope this flies is fine, and the the perfect meal is is the all perfect right. meal is like okay, but like probably below half for yeah. OKKO. But um, yeah, yeah. All in all, I think that we're we're still on the whole consistent quality vibe of, of this show. <laughs> Yeah, and, I, I just thought. Yeah, I thought like all the episodes, even the worst of them, was at least okay. You know. Yeah, and actually, like if you think about it, like if let's not be skeletons, action news, and RMS Brandon's first episode. If that's those are your final three episodes before a finale, then that's like a good yeah, ramp a, up. Yeah. yeah, that is a good ramp up. Yeah. I, 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 are there any finale predictions we want to sneak in here before we? I already out? made mine. I made mine about oh, LD yeah. being part of a point. So. I feel like Elodie's still in the academy, though. She's not like, she's a teenager. She's not that old. Well, well, maybe she goes out on her own anyway. She decides to take initiative and head to where the battle is and try to do something. Okay. Look, if Elodie appears at all, Steve is going to claim victory no matter what. (laughs) Okay, yeah. This is the real truth. I feel Uh, like Boxman might be involved in the finale. And hopefully Professor Venomous also. Yeah. And Fink. And Fink. Yes. Yeah, I, I definitely would would like more Professor Venomous in my life. So yeah. Back, please. Yeah. Uh, Alex, will you I, just I do, tell me why why do you like Professor Venomous so much? Uh, I mean, he's an actual dark villain here. Like Boxman, yes. like he he's doing the plan and action news, but we all know that he's not really the mastermind here. <laughs> yeah. So no, I like, 
So uh, I, I want to see the guy pulling the strings. So I do think, though, Shadowy Figure is more of a darker type of villain than villain- Venomous. So. Yeah, I, I like Venomous more because Shadowy Figure, just like, he's so shadowy, you don't know anything <laughs> yeah. about him. Wow, but, wow. Like, we get a sense of who he is, we get a sense of his priorities, his relationships, how he operates, his temperament. But so, yeah, yeah I, I am a huge fan of Professor Venomous. Yeah, yeah, Venom's more relatable. He's a he's a character who can be funny at times and stuff, you know. And, and not like, emotionally evil. Times, too. Yeah. Yeah, he's, like I said, he's cool. I'm, I'm just, I'm just saying, what, I'd say um, what Alex said. He said he's such a dark villain. You want the most darkest, most... One just completely evil character. Shadowy figure probably comes the closest to that right now, but but Venomous also has like a little bit more depth to him. Like, oh, yeah, we just of... haven't seen it like put into action. Yeah, right, he, right. yeah, Venomous. He's uh, yeah, he's uh, he's like like Azula or Lotar, and uh, Shadowy figure is pretty much Ozai or you know. <laughs> that's a bit too high. Too no, high. But, yeah. <laughs> can't deal with that take. <laughs> not, not not yet we're still in season one there's there's chance we could get there one day but i don't, I don't think we're there yet <laughs> but but maybe the finale will do something amazing and we might catapult who knows but um uh, until we get to i'm the, hoping uh, though dendy does something awesome like some great invention uh, can I just assume your your hope is that Dendy, Elodie, Red Action, and right, Finks appear in the finale try to team it up yeah. and Enid Okay, yeah, sure. but she's a regular, so I expect her to be in the show. Dynamite Watkins in there too, Steve. Is she part of your club, or does that just mean Alex? You just think she's amazing. Oh, that's it. I love her too. Um, Dynamite Watkins is like his squad. Is I growing. think she's, yeah, she's the standout character so of this batch. I think. Uh, yeah, went top one, the highest up. You want to sneak sneak Droop in the finale? <laughs> No! Yeah. Drew's the cutest. She should be in there for that reason alone. <laughs> She'll be at the end of the episode where the the um KO and the crew are celebrating and they're in the cafe and yeah. Drew is serving them. Uh-huh. And they tip her. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a season one finale, so yeah, the good guys are gonna win, so we don't but- know that for sure. Anything's Well, off. we do know everything seems to be okay since we got Season two episodes I already spoiled things. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't count those as spoilers exactly, but you know, die. <laughs> yeah, but uh, until we get to that finale, whenever Cartoon Network decides to a- air it or release it online, uh, you can find out all the info on our podcast at overlyanimated.com. Uh, you can join us on Discord if you want to talk to us about OKKO or any of the other animated shows we cover here at overlyanimated.com slash discord. You can always support us financially via Patreon at patreon.com slash overlyanimated. Uh, thanks to all of our current patrons, especially our patron of the podcast, Jamie, a.k.a. Mailman. And Ooh. thanks, as always, to our Patreon executive producers, John Ryan, Steve, Andy, and Hugh. Uh, other than OKKO, we recently covered uh, Adventure Time. That That's also <laughs> reaching a finale, but the series finale. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Star versus the forces of evil. We've got coverage going on. We will probably we we could have Steven Universe before OKKOs. Okay <laughs> Stay no, tuned. No, I think it, yeah, I think that's probably going to happen. Yeah, so that that's early April. So it depends mm-hmm. where Cartoon Network wants to put OKKO. Okay I put up online before then. Yeah, or or the finale of OKKO could just appear like two weeks from now. <laughs> Surprise! We just we forgot to give you this one. Here you go. Have yeah. fun. <laughs> 
But yeah, so we'll be looking out for that, and obviously you guys will too, and we'll be here to talk about it whenever it comes out. Right. But uh, until then, uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Okay. Adios. Bye. 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 Bye.